Hi, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Linz, and I'm here with my co-host, Savi. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary since the release of Andor's season finale. So this episode, we'll be taking a journey down Rick's Road to revisit season one. It's been a while since we talked about Andor in depth on the pod. I know sometimes it comes up with like guests and stuff, but it's been a while since we've like really sat down and discussed it. I know it's been too long. I know. Well, and and you know, privately we talk about it a lot, but with a microphone, it's like it's more fun to do it in front of a microphone because <laughs> it's. I feel like. I don't know. It, it'll be a fun thing to revisit, I think. And we have some questions for each other that hmm, you came up with. Yes. So just to start it off with something simple, uh, what was your favorite quote from the show? So I think it'd have to be Skeen's The Axe Forgets But The Tree Remembers. The Tree Remembers. And I think that's because it, it's so relevant, especially in real life, it's so relevant. There's so many things that can happen individually and to a group of people um, where that's so, it's so true to have. So in the context of Andor, it's talking about how the empire doesn't care about what it's doing to people. It forgets the atrocities that it's done to people. And, but the people, the people remember because it was done to them and it's personal to them. Um, And I, I, I loved that that was a, a quote that was put into the show. Um, it was very poignant for the show. Like it, it really, it was very, like I said, relevant, mm-hmm. especially in terms of like the empire. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that just, it's such a short quote, but it's so beautiful, honestly. Like it's so powerful. It's a powerful quote. So I, I'd say that's my favorite. Yeah, that that is that is a good one. And my favorite is is also from that episode, actually. I had to search it up just now. But uh it's when Nemec and Cassian are talking at the fire, and Nemec says the pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I love the quote in itself. I, I love that scene mostly and when he says it because it feels like that's the first time somebody is like sitting with Cassian and sharing like their thoughts on freedom and revolution and 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 those are Cassian's first steps towards a greater rebellion. Like it's kind of an mm-hmm. introduction to it mm-hmm. like Cassian I feel like was very like a heads down type of guy like he even says to Luthen, he's like I just want to win and walk away but Nemec is kind of introducing him to this idea that's becoming very real very quickly that he can fight back and I love I, I just I love that Nemec is the one to introduce that to him. The like runt of the group essentially mm-hmm. has the biggest um the biggest I guess the like the my like the runt of the group or the smallest of the group is the mightiest. Mm-hmm. So 
in, in spirit or in in uh um what was the word nobility i guess you could say yeah i i it might be a word and and can you say the quote again the quote that you the pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it mm-hmm. love it <laughs> yeah it it was honestly i know it's probably like an overrated quote at this point like i feel like a lot of people are like oh like Stellan Skarsgård had the best uh had the best quote but the that monologue mm-hmm. still sticks with me to this day like there are some moments where i just think about it and and when he says like i burn my life for a sunrise i know i'll never see and then have the ending of rogue one be the ending that we know mm-hmm. uh, it, it's i i would say in terms of like because i guess you could call his monologue a quote but it's almost mm-hmm. a quote almost doesn't feel like a strong enough word so i think monologue would definitely be the word um but if i had to pick like a monologue or like between like nemec's manifesto and luthan's um Luthen's monologue they're both so good but I just remember holding my breath that entire scene yeah with Luthen I I could not breathe I felt like um oh my gosh I feel so badly I forget the 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 poor spy's name but I felt like him I was just like (gasps) like standing there oh god that's killing me too I can't remember his name I know it's like it's it's a funky name too Lonnie yeah Lonnie yeah Lonnie Lonnie Jones yeah just come to like like that um yeah i I had a co-worker named lonnie so i think that's why there you go there you go (laughs) you had the Um, advantage (laughs) another one i know we're only saying one but uh from the same episode i feel like it's hard to choose one quote from andor because Mm -hmm. the writing was just superb and everything that every character said like if I had to pick like one quote from everybody, I would be able to pick a significant quote. But I loved when Cassian admitted that he was afraid. But then he says that there was a difference between fear and losing your nerve. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like that one just kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah, because you can still be afraid and be brave. Yeah. You know? There's that quote it's by franklin d roosevelt it's courage is not the absence of fear but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear yeah that's basically a reworking of that yeah i know tony go is a history buff so maybe i was inspired by it (laughs) one of my favorite parts about watching andor and experiencing it was as soon as an episode would finish airing i'd be on twitter with you and we would be seeing what other people were saying. We would be um, expressing our thoughts and our feelings about the episodes. And what did you, how did you feel about that? Because I know not every audience member experienced Andor that way. But for me, and maybe for you, that was one of my favorite parts about it, was experiencing it with the community. Yeah, I, both on Twitter and in person, I think Mm -hmm. because, you know, people who were not as into it as, you know, we are, we're also watching it and we're like, this is really different. Like, this is a different form 
of Star Wars that I'm used to. Like, it feels very much like a spy. It doesn't feel like I'm watching Star Wars. But it is Star Wars. It's it's amazingly Star Wars. But I, I did love, like, we you know, we had the group chat. Um, and, you know, we would take screen grabs and, and post it. And then in the morning... You know, Star Wars would interact the social media accounts with everybody, and I I feel like I gained uh, most of my following during that time. So it, it was nice that like the sense of community was growing. You hmm. know, um, I I feel like I we gained like more friends. Like we talked to a lot of people. There was a lot of like interviews and and cast uh interactions and stuff that was so which was really cool and you know re reminiscing back on it i i i miss it like i i i wish we could go back to it but i still feel like it's very strong like i feel like Andrew mm -hmm. still pops up and is still talked about like every time i'm scrolling somewhere there's an edit or somebody saying like andor is some of the best star wars that we've seen and yeah, I feel like it's still a pretty prominent conversation to be had. I, I think that the the tone of Andor is one that was supposed to stick with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that it, it breathed a different sort of life into the conversations around Star Wars. There was a lot of heavier things that were brought up in this series that could be talked about just obviously we started a podcast you know um you just talk about these things all day long the deeper meanings in the episodes uh the calls to action um just the emotional weight was a lot heavier than a lot of other star wars that we've gotten that we that we've seen uh so yeah i, I like i said one of my favorite parts about that show well in multiple arcs in Narkina and in you know the last two episodes it and or shows like what happens when community comes together mm -hmm. so I, I feel like a community coming together whether it be on Twitter or somewhere else like was was bound to happen mm -hmm. starting a yeah. podcast and like having people <laughs> on it I, I i think that its impact was was really strong and i think that it, it it's you know having that as star wars is really special because you know star wars isn't always supposed to be you know lightsabers and jedi and it's not always supposed to be the rebellion so there there's like a happy if if i want to feel lighthearted and and sweet and butterflies on the inside. Like I'm going to watch Grogu and Mando go on adventures together. But if I'm feeling rebellious and, and deep and, you know, wanting to see and feel something heavier than that, like I'm going to watch Andor, but then there are also lighthearted moments in Andor and there are heavy moments in Mando. So I feel like it's just such a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate what it's brought to just base i think it balances it out like you said i think it balances out what we get you know what star wars as a whole um yeah it definitely yeah <laughs> which kind of leads me into the next question that we have written for each other but what was your favorite arc out of the four 
just to like go back over it, but we had Ferex, Aldani, Narkina, and then the last two, the finale. So again, mm-hmm. the Ferex part two. Go ahead though. I think I have to say I might I think I have to say Narkina. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's many reasons for that. I think one of the big ones is not just what was happening on Narkina, like with Cassian and the rest of them, but what was happening outside of that as well, like the scenes with um, Dedra and Cyril mm. and uh, checking back into Ferrix, those scenes, like we get Brasso and Bix. And then of course, Narkina. I, I love to see Cassian completely out of his element in a sense because we mm-hmm. saw Cassian as he is on Ferrix, you know, and then we see him sort of out of his element with the Aldani crew. But then being put in this prison, it kind of stripped away. We just get to see how he reacts to things and how he changes to things. And we kind of get down to the almost the core of him. And his situation challenges him to be like his true like self, I guess. And he rises to that. So I think that's one reason why it's one of my favorites is because of the transformation of Cassian in those episodes. Yeah, it it was definitely pretty prominent. For, as, mm-hmm. Like the conversation that he had uh, in episode 10 with Kino, you know, at the very beginning. And then, uh, you know, the conversation he has with Luthen in episode three. And that's mm-hmm. seven episodes, which is only like a couple of days for Cassian or or like a, a month. I know there's a time jump, but it's amazing what time and influence of other people could do. And I I do love that Cassian's character is in Andor. He's not a hero. I I you know, it's kind of pr- I'm not going to say prominent because in a way he is a hero, but the people of Ferrix are the hero which is what i'm leading into my answer but uh mine is is the finale Mm -hmm. i i think that 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 show of the power of the people against a massive galaxy-wide force and then there's this one small town or city in this planet that you know is probably looked over on the map hundreds or hundreds of times. I'm putting a number to it, but they stood up to the empire and, and they won. Like they, they, I I don't know. There's also like the scene where Brasso is reciting, you know, what Marva said to tell Cassian and that hug in the underground, um, Bix being rescued and, and the whole part where she's singing the, the funeral song which kind of implies that she knew it and then you know Wilman at the beginning you know building the bomb to avenge his father and he ends up throwing it It, it's I think it those two episodes were a great a great final send-off to that season and I feel like it it was subtle but it promised what we'll see the next season like what Bic says like oh Cassian will find us which I I I I think that they that he will I don't think he's such a family guy that I don't think that that would be the last time we would see everybody yeah yeah 
and I, and speaking on the finale, I love how it it's a full circle. So we start on Ferrix, we end on Ferrix. Mm-hmm. We get to see the juxtaposition of the people of Ferrix. Yeah. In the beginning to the end, and also Cassian from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of parallels the journey of the people in a sense. Uh, and yeah, just masterful poetry, really. Also, <laughs> the whole thing. I, I've completely forgot to bring her up, but but Mon's story, like the whole with the arranged mm-hmm. marriage and her daughter, like being the evangelist Christian that she is, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, that Mon is making a, a difficult decision, and we kind of see it uh, relay in, in the end. And uh, you know, she says that quote, which is another quote that is really good, where Mon says, "I show you the stone in my hand; you miss the knife at your throat." So mm. it's like we see we just saw Mon and Ahsoka and like we saw Mon and Rebels and like in Rogue One and how she was very like play by the rules essentially. But in Andor, she's not very much like that. She's very like, well, you know, shit has to get done. Um, yeah. So she she's got to do it dirty, I guess. Like, so I don't know. I think she tries to play by the rules. I think she's trying to at the beginning, you know? I mean, she's doing things that are pushing the envelope, right? What she can get away yeah. with, what she thinks she can get away with without compromising herself or her family. But when it gets down to it, she kind of gets backed into a corner where she has to make, like you said, she has to get down and dirty and like make those decisions. And her daughter ends up having to be almost a quote unquote sacrificial lamb in her heart, mm-hmm. like in her, for her. Um, and so I, that's something that I'm excited to see possibly, probably more of in season two, how Mon has to, like, be making decisions like that more often and more mm-hmm. uh, significant decisions, I guess you could say, like, more impactful decisions, because I'm sure what well, we know she is going to kind of come into the spotlight more and she's going to come out as the leader of the rebellion or one of the leaders of the rebellion, the face of the rebellion in a sense. So it's going to be cool to see that journey into season two for her. Yeah. Yes. I. Uh, do you have any predictions for season two for Mon or for the entirety of the season or where do you think well, it'll go? Cause we know it leads well, to rogue one, obviously. Yes. Yes, and this is going to be very different from season one in the sense that it's going to be instead of, you know, what was it, a month or a month and a half of time that was covered, basically, because Narkina, like we said, was like a month. Mm-hmm. is a very short amount of time, but season two will cover five years. Tony explained in this article I read very recently, but it's one year. Okay, so think of the three episodes as Friday, Saturday, Sunday. One year, Friday, Saturday, uh, one year. So it's like okay. a blip in time that we're getting, we're seeing. Okay. So the time jumps are happening between each arc, not in the episodes, from yeah. what okay. I've read. Okay. Okay. So that's going to be really interesting because it only gives us a little bit of time yeah. to work with. I've um, never three, seen this done episodes? before. The three episodes i mean if they're as long as they were in season one that's that's a 
I mean, we're going to spend a, like you said, a good weekend <laughs> with them for each arc. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the rebellion take like shape, get a solid framework because by the end of season two, it should have a solid the rebellion should be fully formed, basically ready to, you know, yeah. Destroy a death star. <laughs> um Yeah. So I predict that we're going to be seeing familiar faces the closer it gets to more familiar faces, the closer it gets to the end of the season. Uh, like we know from Rogue One, I mean, there could be name drops from other things too. Like we could yeah. see other characters possibly that are not as um, well known, but if you know Star Wars, you might know them. Um, I don't know how many big names we're going to get. And when I say that, like I'm thinking of, Leia's involvement I feel like we might get a Leia mention from Mon Mothma she Mm. might say something perhaps because we know Leia was doing rebellious activity through the years (laughs) leading up to (laughs) to A New Hope so uh yeah yeah I think that's I guess that's my general prediction but that one's pretty easy yeah what about you um it's not necessarily a prediction. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen with uh, with Bix and uh, Brasso and characters that you know we obviously don't see in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I'm the character I am most excited to see this season is uh, Wilman. It seems like he's mm. going to have a pretty prominent um, role in the rebellion or like a like the cause uh it it was interesting to hear what he had to say at star wars celebration on they have the interview on youtube but it it sounds like this is going to be like a big moment for him i think yeah yeah and and i i also want to add that because we're talking about characters i'm excited to see if our predictions uh, and our hopes for Cyril are c- correct. Oh yeah, uh, I would he, love uh, to see. He go ahead. You say. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know. I would love to see him defect and and be a rebel, come to his senses, and because uh, because yeah. I, I think just the the juxtaposition, the stark contrast from who he was in season one to him changing. And, and and turning I really do think that he could and he might you know not just from the sort of subtle cues that we've gotten in season one um but also like through interviews and stuff I, I just I have this sense and I really hope that it's true yeah well not to keep bringing up like articles and stuff but I feel like I've read so many when the show was first coming out but Tony did say uh, that you know, Cyril could go either way, mm-hmm. and I do feel like season two, like he could lean the way Cassian is going as well. Yeah, which is get sort of a, towards a the callous. rebellion. Yeah, a sort of a callous moment. Yeah, it'll also be really you know. interesting to see what happens to to Dedra. You know, I don't want to immediately yeah. be like, "Well, she's going to die," but it, I, because I feel like that's. I, there could be cooler predictions than somebody's just going to die, but and I always like to root for everyone, but because um, <laughs> that's fun. But <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I also just love Denise. 
I, I don't I don't want her to leave Star Wars, but I think that's what'll be most bittersweet is like the goodbye, you know, like the oh, like this is probably Diego's last time ever being Cassian. And there will yeah. be like a last day on set and there will be like a finale and we'll have to say goodbye to him and we'll have to accept his fate. Cause there's no like I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And you yeah. just know, you just know Tony is gonna rip our hearts out with the end of Andor. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna do, but he's gonna pull some sick and twisted something <laughs> out, and we're gonna be left sobbing. Yeah. And the I only way wait. to comfort <laughs> ourselves will be to watch Rogue One, even though there's no comfort in that. I'm just kidding. Uh hopefully he'll take he'll have some mercy and not kill all of our our new faves from andor i'm i'm really i'm really rooting for bix and Brasso and Me and too. all of them like please yeah <laughs> let and velen sinta too yes oh my gosh they can't they can't we can't lose them <laughs> We can lose Luthen because he basically already predicted that he's not gonna make it. So he said we it. Can lose, we can lose Luthen. <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of characters, sorry, Alex. So, uh, he's cooking. Uh, speaking of favorite uh, characters, who was your favorite new character? Okay, from Andor. So nobody that we've seen before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I think I'd have to say. Oh, this sounds so bad. A Dedra, maybe. Mm. Just because I. It doesn't sound bad. I just, it's okay I, to like an imperial. <laughs> I just she fascinated me. Mm -hmm. I love to see how she navigated her world basically and she manipulated things and she asserted herself and how smart she was and also how ridiculous she was in some ways um so i would say she's my favorite new character but i mean they're all so good what about yeah. you i think i know but go ahead uh i, I was gonna say brasso yes yeah i i love brasso Brasso's the real one. We all need a Brasso. Um, I, I, I just love the like. He's so. I mean, he's he doesn't have. He he obviously doesn't have like a romantic partner, but he's so like Wesley from Princess Bride in the terms of like as you wish, like that type of friend or like, I don't know. That was a horrible comparison, but uh, I see it. I see yeah. it. I don't know. I just. I, I hope the best for him. Like, good people who go to such great lengths for their friends and for their family deserve to be happy in uh, situations of war and peril, especially in Star Wars. So I, I am, like, I'm deeply rooting for him. And I hope that too. he makes it out. He has to. He's also the human embodiment of a teddy bear, so I can't not dislike him. Yeah. <laughs> He's amazing. If I had to pick like a like a good guy and a bad guy, I'd pick Dedra and and I'd say my heart was with Brasso too, because he's just so so sweet. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so if I had to choose a bad guy too, uh, you, I, I would choose. I'm. I don't think Cyril's a bad guy, and I won't choose Dedra because you chose her. But I did actually really like Major Partagas. Yeah. Okay. I thought. Yeah. Okay. I the whole like um. The whole uh, we're healthcare providers thing, like he kind of yeah, ate with that. That I mean, <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah, that was good. That was a really good another quote that was super good. That whole explanation. I also thought that he was a good boss. He gave Dedra a. He was like, "Here's where you need to improve, but here's also where you're doing really good in." And he gave her her flowers, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, you. So, no, I, I agree. He he was he was pretty cool. He was pretty I'm smooth. Ex- yeah, I'm excited he made it to uh, season two. Yeah, I forgot about him. So, kind of wrapping up our discussion, unless you have any more questions. No, I I I think I want to ask our audience some questions. So, like when we post this, we. We'll probably post a set of questions similar to what we've been asking each other uh, throughout mm-hmm. this episode, and you guys can respond as well because, you know, we'd like to hear from you too. This is a conversation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, then that wraps up this episode of Stardust Records. We won't see you next week because it is uh, Thanksgiving and we are taking just a one week holiday break to be with our families. But we'll see you the week after that for another episode. But Linz, where can we find you? You can find me at A Cosmic Love on Twitter and at Rebel Risen on Instagram. And where can we find you? Uh, and you can just find me at Anderisms on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>